News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can email me, Pete, at the thepetecalendarshow.com and at Pete Callender on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, too, but uh, not a lot. That is, yeah, it's trying to wean myself. So, uh, back in June, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson, uh, gave a speech at a church, a Baptist church service, and uh, I think it was like June 8th or something. And uh, the clip got circulated a couple days ago. So everyone is racing now to condemn, and now we play the game, you know, uh, uh, disavow or defend. Disavow or defend, Republicans. Disavow or defend. That's the, that's the game. Um, it's usually directed at uh, Republicans, but every now and again something happens with a uh, Democrat, and this game breaks through, but it's much more rare, for example. And and actually, we have another example. It happened, like, within 24 hours of the Mark Robinson story. Mo Davis, but he's not elected. He tried to be, but he lost. He's the guy who ran against Madison Cawthorn, and Madison Cawthorn beat him, um, and ever since then, Mo Davis has been just lobbing really nasty attacks at uh, Madison Cawthorn. But it has actually been very beneficial for uh, the retired uh, JAG colonel, uh, uh, formerly of Gitmo. Uh, it, it's been very lucrative for him. He has parlayed it into appearances on MSNBC, and he's got like 160,000 followers on Twitter. And so... Uh, it, it, it's worked for him. And by the way, when I asked him about his nasty uh, habit and the way he engages with uh, people of the right uh, during that, uh, that, that last 2020 campaign, he said to me at the time, uh, which was during a debate with Madison Cawthorn, I asked him, like, you're saying some really atrocious things on Twitter about Republicans talking about like, like to the point where it goes like beyond like, Oh man, I wish somebody would smack these people. It was going like grind, like take your heel and grind their neck into the ground until you hear it pop, like real violence porn kind of stuff. So, uh, and I asked him like, how, how would you expect people to vote for you? Like, why would you think half of your constituents would feel like you're representing them? And, his response was something along the lines of, well, you know, you're in media too, and that's just kind of the role I was playing. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, actually. And then he defended it uh, later on afterwards. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, He's just an awful person, and so people realize that, and they they voted for Madison Cawthorn. So, like, a lot of that's on him. A lot of people were like, oh, I don't understand why Madison Cawthorn could win. Well, to know how Cawthorn won, you kind of got to know a little bit about how terrible Mo Davis is. So uh, we'll get to that story in a bit because it is an interesting juxtaposition in some cases of the reaction. So uh, the theme of this speech that uh, Mark Robinson gave, though, was uh, a call for uh, the church, for Christians, uh, to get more engaged and defend their Christian principles. And his argument was that this is not politics, this is a spiritual issue. That these are issues, yes, that become politicized, but they are politicized now because 
Christians have abandoned the fight and they have allowed secularists, essentially, right, to advance through the institutions and to force Christians to abide by the rules that the secularists are putting in place. Again, you can argue against this uh, all you want. You can say he's wrong, but this was the premise of the speech. Okay, he began his speech, though, and he essentially, you listen to this, he essentially predicted this reaction that we're now seeing. All right, so as Pastor said, uh, very first thing we're going to do is thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, uh, I do that at every event that I'm at. And you would be shocked at how much pushback I get on that, on social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, all that social media universe. People tell me all the time, as a matter of fact, I just got a message, another message the other day from someone who says, you know, well, I support you, but I'm not a Christian, and I think that you shouldn't emphasize Christianity so much because everyone's not a Christian. And, I, I, you know, I kind of wanted to respond back to them. And I've wanted to respond back to several of those folks, but I, I've, I've chosen to do it corporately in venues like this. You know, I'm not a Muslim. Amen. I'm not a Buddhist. But I don't fault anyone who is a Muslim or a Buddhist for speaking up for their faith. Why is it that everyone always wants to fault Christians for speaking up for their faith? Yeah. When was the last time you saw a, a, anybody in the public who was a Muslim who chose to give Allah praise being demonized? When was the last time you saw a Buddhist being de demonized for being a Buddhist? It's always Christians who are told to be quiet, to be silent about your faith. The truth be told, we should be the ones who should be the loudest. Because every good and holy thing that has ever happened on this planet and yes, in this nation, only became at the behest of Christians. Amen. Wasn't any other religion that bought this nation into being. Right. See, I like to say it like this, and this is true. This is a true fact. I believe it with all my heart. What sets this nation apart from any other nation is this. When our founding fathers sat down and wrote that Declaration of Independence, they wrote these words. They said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed not by a king, not by a senator, not by a president, not by any man on earth, by their creator, with certain inalienable rights. And I believe when God heard those words, he sat up on his throne and he said, that is a nation that finally gets it. That's a nation I can get behind and I will. And you think about it. Even at our inception, when we were stained with the filth of slavery, even at our times, at times in this nation, at our lowest points, we were torn apart by our civil wars and we were involved in world wars. You think about who it was that brought us through. We didn't go back and reach back to some uh, egghead that thought he had all the solutions. We had pastors and presidents and pundits that got down on their knees the churches were full at the worst times in this country. Right. So that's how he began this speech in front of this church in, uh, I think, Randolph County back in June. Essentially predicting through the comment that he cited at the uh, at the outset was, you know, why do you have to why do you have to bring Christianity into it? Right. 
why do you have to why do you have to open up with a prayer or thank Jesus or anything like that? Right? Like he would always start off by saying this and he gets some pushback from people. It makes them feel uncomfortable. And he says, Well, how come you don't do that for anybody else? And he's highlighting the dichotomy, right? He's highlighting the different treatment that he gets versus others. And this now, now take that idea and apply it to all of his comments. Because honestly, is it that surprising that a Baptist might have a problem with teaching homosexuality and transgenderism in schools to their kids? Do you think that might be a problem for a lot of Christians? I do. (laughs) I can see why that might be a problem, but we're not telling them, oh, you can't have that belief because you're Christian, are we? Would you say that to Muslims? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Email from Kathy to Pete at PeteCallanderShow.com. Uh, Pete, I don't recall any weeping or professions of love when Mark Robinson was portrayed as a member of the KKK. I'm old enough to remember that. Yeah, I remember when the... Uh, Who's he, an uh, eighth grade social studies teacher who just also happens to be uh, employed by WRAL's parent company, Capital Broadcast Company, uh, to draw political cartoons because that's why everybody watches a local TV station is for the political cartoon. Yeah, and he made the made some sort of argument that uh, Mark Robinson was a member of the Klan, as well as. Uh, is it Sarah or Susan? I forget. Or Sandra Oxendine, school board member, state school board member, because they were opposed to the uh, this anti-racism, critical race theory garbage getting infused into the uh, into the standards of history and social studies. And uh, yeah, they were attacked as members of the Klan. Oxendine, whose father literally fought off the Klan in North Carolina, but now she's a member of it because she disagrees with viewing all things through the racial prism and racializing all things. Um, So we've got reaction. And by the way, I do have a longer cut here from Mark Robinson. I will get to in a minute. First, I will get uh, Tom on the program. Hello, Tom. How are you? Doing good, Pete. What's up? Just uh, very quickly, I wonder uh, when people discuss this LBGTQ matter, uh, you know, the Bible, this is called the buckle of the Bible belt. I've heard it referred to that. And I don't know why more uh, time isn't given to the fact that the Christian Bible is replete with Scripture after Scripture refuting that kind of lifestyle. You don't think and, that that's, you don't think people are aware of that? I don't think a lot of people are. I that the Christ, that that Christianity and the Bible and churches and preachers have been saying and arguing that uh, homosexuality is uh, is not prescribed is not it's not good in the eyes of the Lord and all that you, you don't think that's that message well, has gotten through uh, maybe more maybe more so than I'm aware but but the Bible again if you believe it and I do. It is very clear that it's a sin. It isn't, quote, a lifestyle, end quote. It's a sin. Um, and uh, right. I think, though, that I, I think it's, I think the vast majority of people understand that position you've just articulated. I, whether they agree with it or not, I'm not arguing. I'm saying, though, that the, the concept you've just 
articulated is well known that uh-huh. that yeah that many denominations i mean but there are denominations that you would probably say are not christian but there are other denominations of christianity they've got churches all over the place and they're like you know nothing wrong with this either so what what you believe to be a sin in your uh, faith is not what others who also express faith in Christianity they would they, they would not agree with you. I understand. You know, one thing that would be interesting would someday would be for you to have uh, a Christian minister on who believes as I, and then perhaps have one on that is more liberal who thinks it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you generally, I I don't do. Uh, theological debates. Okay. Yeah, just generally, because it's uh, there are radio stations that are devoted to theological debates. They're much better at it. I am not a biblical scholar or expert. I'm not a theologian. And, um, I yeah, so I, I, I generally try to stick to my knitting on that stuff. This is the intersection of where people's individual faiths uh, inform uh, uh, societal policy and our actions and such. So you, with your belief, your faith, you're perfectly free, in my view, to espouse it, to promote it, right? To say to say that this is what you believe in, and others are perfectly free to disagree with you. And, and Pete, let me say that some of the nicest people that you'll ever want to meet are of that lifestyle. But uh, you know, it again, no matter how nice they might be. If the Bible is correct, and I believe it to be, mm-hmm. they they are living in sin. I mean, that's my. But right. not, well, we all are, though. But but all but all people are committing sin, right? I mean, that's that's it's what makes us kind of human, right? Like we are all fallen. We all commit sin. We all do the. We yeah. try not to. If we're you know thinking about it, maybe some are more committed to not uh, doing sinful acts than others, but. I mean that's not again like I'm not like I I don't I don't know if they're I, I don't know what is to gain by me going around identifying where everybody is sinning you're sinning here and you're sinning there and that's a sin over there and you sinner you know I I, I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the benefit of me doing that would be well it would just be terribly interesting but I really appreciate your taking time yeah, sure. Take my call. Oh, absolutely. No, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I, I just this is one of the things, and I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you call it the coward's way out here. But as I've gotten older, I have, I've, I've come to recognize the peace that you get by not having to judge. You do. It's like I don't like people are like oh, but they're doing this thing wrong. Like, yeah, and. They'll have to answer for it at some point. Luckily, I don't have to make that call. I don't have to make that judgment. It's not on me. So, I mean, now I can choose how I interact with people, sure. But I don't have to judge them for all eternity. Not my job. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's get to the final clip here. This is from the uh, Mark Robinson speech that he gave at Asbury Baptist Church in Randolph County back in June. A 30-second clip of this 
was uh, pulled and circulated through the media over the weekend, starting on like Thursday afternoon, and outrage has ensued. And uh, so here is the the 32nd clip that I played earlier, but here is the larger context, okay? This clip is going to run about three and a half minutes, and the theme that uh, Robinson was working with in this speech was that the church and the Christians in the church have to pick up the mantle and fight for Christian principles to protect freedom. He says it's not politics. This is a spiritual issue. And he says specifically when it comes to education that the church has turned its back and abandoned the fight. It's not about education anymore, folks. I'll tell you exactly what it's about. It's about a word we call indoctrination. That's what's going on in our schools. People don't like to hear it, they don't want to hear it, but that's what's going on. Why should the church pick this up? Because I'm going to tell you like this, if you study through history, the church is the one that formed the schools. Wouldn't be no public education if it wasn't for the church. Even the higher education, Harvard itself, was formed by the church. Public education was championed by folks in the church using Christian principles. There used to be a time in this nation you couldn't walk into a school and not see the Ten Commandments, not see a Bible, not see folks praying. And the further we move away from it, the further we find our schools in chaos. The very moment they fired God from the public school when they said no more prayer was the very moment public schooling started to take a nosedive. And it's been headed towards the ground ever since. And there's still people that don't believe it. Even through all the chaos that we saw in public schooling during the 1970s. Even when we, what we saw through the 1980s and the 1990s. We have reached a point in public schools now. Where first off, we're telling our children, uh, don't be so sure you're a little girl or a little boy. You know, you can question that. You know, nothing blows my mind like this. There are people out there that think that I'm a 53-year-old man with no criminal record, served in the United States military. I shouldn't be, I should not be able to own an AR-15. Now I got four AR-15s, possibly more. My AR-15s, they never jumped off that off the counter and went out and hit, killed nobody. They never harmed nobody. But there are people that think the 53-year-old man with no criminal record doesn't have enough sense to own a firearm. But they think a five-year-old child has got enough sense to decide their gender. If it ain't time for the church to get involved, I don't know when it will be. We have got to wrestle this away from those folks. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it is flat out child abuse. Take your children and tell them they have to attend school. Don't have a choice. And then some of them will tell them they don't want you to have a choice where they go to school. You have to send your children here to school. Then when they get there, what do they teach them? Teach them a bunch of stuff about how to hate America. Teach them a bunch of stuff about why they're racist. Teach them a bunch of stuff about transgenderism and homosexuality. I'm saying this now, and I've been saying it, and I don't care who likes it. 
Those issues have no place in a school. There's no reason anybody anywhere in America should be telling any child about transgenderism, homosexuality, any of that filth. And yes, I called it filth. And if you don't like it that I called it filth, come see me and I'll explain it to you. It's time for us to stop letting these children be abused at these schools. And it's not gonna happen till the people of God stand up and demand different. Same ones that established those schools to begin with. All right. That's the entire context of Mark Robbins's speech at the church in June in Asbury, uh, Asbury Baptist Church, which, uh, look, I have not spent a lot of time in uh, Baptist services, but it does kind of sound like uh, what I thought the Baptist services kind of sound like. I will say that. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like that. Um, so what is he talking about? What is he saying? I think it's pretty clear. He's talking about the promotion of homosexuality, transgenderism. He's talking about the promotion of these things in schools. And what he also then covers in the um, in the follow-up statement that he put out over the weekend uh, on Facebook that I watched, and uh, I've seen the images that, uh, that he included in that statement, the images of books. They come right out of the books, and these books are in our K-12 schools. And it's cartoon porn. You may you may not want to believe that, but that is what is depicted in at least one of the books. Like literal porn. Person, two male figures committing sexual acts on each other. They're cartoons, but they're they're not like okay, it's not like cartoon character where it's, you know, like, oh look at the cute cartoon character kind of cartoon. It's a, uh, you know, Kind of lifelike representations, you know, that kind of thing. Like, uh, like think more Brenda Starr comic book versus uh, Peanuts, right? Okay, so these are graphic images. Is that acceptable? See, here's here's the thing, and this is what is also kind of at the uh, at the heart of the critical race theory debate and anti-racism and white privilege and all of that. The other uh, the, the at the heart of this is that the schools have now taken it upon themselves and the people who are uh, employed in the school system, they've taken it upon themselves to go far beyond the three R's, right? And so when you provide this education about all things, you really should not be surprised when some of those things are controversial to people that disagree with you. This is what he's talking about. It's not about education. It's about indoctrination. It's the first thing he said when he started down this path, talking about education and these uh, topics. All righty, let's go to the phone. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at the show.com. And I'm also on Twitter at Pete Callender. We'll start here with Jimmy. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey, what's um, up? I, I do believe this is the Democrats trying to get him gone because you know when you listen to him, you know he he he's, he you know he has he has that black preacher Baptist preacher tone, and you know he has you know he he. he as far as black people concerned, you know, black people are 
conservative. You know, religious blacks are conservative, but they don't vote Democrat. I mean, they vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was th- this but came. Th- when you hear that, and being that he is a Republican, mm-hmm. that he is the one that could draw a bridge to that to black people's conservatism to possibly Republican conservatism. Right. Yeah, I agree that there's definite political concern, and this will help uh, neutralize uh, him as a more potent kind of uh, uh, opponent in the next gubernatorial race, for example. But they also get to, uh, you know, they get to uh, hang him like a, a albatross around everybody else's neck in the Republican Party and make them, you know, defend or disavow. And that's, I mean, and that doesn't have anything to do with race or politics or anything. It's just sort of the standard play. Um, somebody on the other team does something wrong, and you want to then race out and demand that people uh, disavow, knowing that if they do so, and this is like, for example, Mark Walker. He's running for U.S. Senate. He's a Republican. He came out in support of Mark Robinson. He, got, he has some tweets here I'll read in a second, but he... Um, you know, he's defending Robinson because, and if you look strictly at the politics of it, the left will say that they're only defending Robinson because he is popular, because he's a black Republican, because there's a benefit politically to them doing so. And I don't deny that there's a political benefit to uh, Mark Robinson being on your team, right? If you're a Republican, white Republican guy running for office and Mark Robinson's on your team, that gives you some insulation, much like a lot of Democrats have enjoyed racial insulation for a very long time as well. They get a pass on a lot of the stuff that they do because they're like, oh, essentially, right, that, oh, well, we're the party uh, of minorities, so we can basically do all this stuff that really is kind of racisty, but we couldn't possibly be racist. So there's, there is some of that going on. But again, I, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to assess sort of the... Uh, the issue and what Robinson is saying and what he is what, what he is speaking and whether or not what he is arguing has any merit in and of itself. And I think well, it you, is an education argument. Well, you know, homosexuality is, you know, is not, a, you know, I'm going to say black people don't like it. <laughs> right, well, that's why, you know, and yeah. This, black myself, yeah, they don't really like it. No, this came, this came, um, to the fore in the uh, the referendum on uh, the Defense of Marriage Act in North Carolina, um, what was it HB one or whatever it was? I forget what the uh, I forget what the bill was, but it eventually got overturned with the the gay marriage ruling at the Supreme Court. Which, by the way, that does have an impact in all of this debate too. But the um, that that referendum passed North Carolina, right? We North Carolina adopted the definition of marriage as between a man and a woman. And that was in large part due to the support of black churches. So, yeah, and this has always been a point of friction uh, in the Democratic Party. So Mark Robinson talking like this, it does have a certain level of appeal to a demographic that maybe Democrats are worried they might lose. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he is definitely, he he could drive a big huge wedge between black people and democrats definitely yeah no it's Great possible all right man i appreciate the call jimmy thank you let me go over here to ryan hello ryan how are you welcome i'm well Pete. thanks for uh, taking my call welcome Certainly. to the clown world once again <laughs> um so how emblematic is it of liberal indoctrination that 
you asked the question with a complete straight face, I heard it, whether or not it's okay to show kids cartoon porn. This is, this is where we're at. Where we are at today in 2021, if you call Ed Asner in a sundress, sir, you're canceled. We cannot tell the difference. As a society, we can't even tell the difference between a man and a woman anymore. And, and, and just, to, just to kind of frame this whole thing, I'm an, I'm an atheist, Pete. Like, I, I was raised Catholic. I'm, I'm an atheist. Now, so, and I've always been fine about, okay, what's important is the truth, right? What is real and what is not. But this is the point that we've come to in our republic is that we're so polarized politically. The the partisans don't care what is real and what is right and what is wrong on both sides. If you're on the other side, you're a liar. If you listen to the other side's uh, propaganda, you're a liar. There there is no real or fake or truth or lie anymore. This is where we're at. Yeah, and it's it's incredibly destabilizing for society. It's one of the biggest problems... uh... I, I've been saying this, and COVID has completely heightened uh, all of this, which is the lack of trust in our institutions just across the board. And without that trust, um, how do you expect people to sort of follow along with the societal norms? Because if you don't trust that these institutions are doing what they say they're doing and doing it for the reasons they say they're doing them, then what what do you have? And what's left? Yeah, there, chaos. Not, uh, you know what's left. I don't want to say it on the radio. No, it's chaos. No, it, it, chaos is what remains. It's everybody making up their own rules uh, whenever they need to, because it serves whatever end they need them to, and that's it. And that's uh, and that's the incredibly destructive thing. And that's what, like COVID. Like here you go. For example, I just actually sent this tweet out a little while ago. This is a story from theblaze.com, A new study that finds aspirin may be able to protect COVID-19 patients from extreme risk, including the need for mechanical ventilation. Like, it reduces the need for ventilation by 44%, and it reduces ICU admission by 43%. So aspirin. So all this wow. time, yeah, so all this time, for a year and a half, what, what we, we, we've been having arguments over... Uh, what ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine and whether we need to get out and exercise more uh, and all these other things, but aspirin. You, so you're telling me we could just take a whole bunch of aspirin and that, that'll be way, way, way helpful for us. Why hasn't anybody promoted this before? How are we just finding this out now, right? Undermining confidence in our institutions. All right. News is next. More of your calls. On News Talk 1110 993 WBT Afternews.